host the screening of our film, California's Forgotten Children, in your community, in your schools, have a discussion. Just ignite your community to talk about it. Even if you're in a different state, it's important to start talking about the statistics and what's going on in, in your state and have that conversation. Bring in local nonprofits, the police department, get the district attorney involved and invite all your community to come. Start ignite that and encourage them to have more events to continue the discussion and also create like a coalition, an anti-trafficking coalition in your community and start working with all the resources that you have or even if you don't have resources outreach to other locations like other states organizations or the big national organizations and ask for help on how you can establish like more funding for safe homes and rehabilitation services and more funding for police training Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends. I'm your host, Karina Belizzi. I'm going to jump right into today's episode because if I don't, I might not have the same courage to continue. I should start with a bit of a trigger warning, but I also just want to say for everyone who listens to this show for content on sustainability and climate activism, trust, this is on social impact. Everybody's impacted by where our environment is heading. I'll get to that trigger warning. Today, we are going to talk about sex trafficking. It may trigger you, it may trigger me, there may be tears, but I promise you, it will be worth the journey. I'm thrilled to introduce Melody Miller. She's an Emmy award-winning filmmaker and cinematographer who recently released her first feature film called California's Forgotten Children. It won the best documentary at Soho International Film Festival, among many other accolades. Now, I got started recording this show and jumped the gun. So this is the second time I'm actually introducing her today. (laughs) Melody Miller, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. And thank you all for listening to what we have to say today. I'd like to just get started by having you talk about what inspired you to tackle this really difficult subject. So almost 15 years ago in high school, my life took an unexpected turn when I stumbled upon a documentary on child trafficking, like a fire ignited within me and I really wanted to make a difference. I had to do something. And so I signed up for a local nonprofit in Oakland called Missy, motivating, inspiring, supporting and serving sexual exploited youth. And I thought I was gonna be helping children in other countries like I saw in the documentary, but I was shocked to find out that students from my own high school were being exploited. And that just blew my mind. And so I dived into the cause and volunteered tirelessly whatever they needed, collecting general necessities, to wrapping presents, fundraising, to even sweeping floors. I also took their trauma-informed training and learned how I could best support survivors in the cause. My commitment continued throughout college when I got into UCLA, and I wanted to use my skills to make a difference. And so I embarked on this mission to raise awareness and give communities the tools and knowledge they needed to combat this horrific crime. And I also asked the people I was working with and volunteering for what they needed as a movement, as a cause, what kind of film they needed. And they helped connect me with 
organizations across California and uh, prominent survivor leaders who were sharing their stories and making a difference. And so I didn't have any money at the time. I didn't even have a car. I took buses throughout the whole thing, (laughs) but I had skills, a talent, and I had friends. So the journey led to the creation of California's Forgotten Children, and it's become a movement now. California's Forgotten Children has reached thousands of people internationally and has helped spark awareness on child trafficking from airing on PBS to playing at the United States Senate. Even tech giants like Facebook recognized the film's impact and brought it in to train their staff, protect at-risk individuals, and hired the survivor leaders from the film to aid them. And we hosted screenings in schools, communities, government, to hospitals. And I collaborated with one of the survivor leaders from the film, Rachel Thomas, who has a master's degree from UCLA in education. And she helped create the trauma-informed guidebook to accompany the film. We screened with over 2,000 students and gathered feedback before and after the film. And we realized a lot of students were able to connect with the survivor stories in the film whether they were commercially sexually exploited or they were homeless, they might have been abused at home, or they had friends that were going through that. So through the film helped recover several victims who needed help, they came forward. And thankfully, working with Valley Crisis Center and the Merced Police Department, they were able to receive the services they needed. And Camila Mohammed and Valley Crisis Center were there every day during the screenings of the film and were there to support the teachers, the students, the staff, because it was really shocking. And also through all the screenings we've had, people have connected with the stories being told. And a lot of people were also shocked and want to get involved. The film fundraise and for safe homes and direct services and created jobs for survivor leaders. And we've had an amazing impact with the film. And I'm really proud. Well, I have to say I've watched it already twice and I may watch it again. And in particular with one of my friend's daughters who's coming of age. And I think it offers an opportunity to have a deep discussion about what even they may encounter in school. And if there are warning signs and they want to help a friend or an acquaintance in need, that they can be part of that support. Because I really do think that in this day and age, women need to support women and perhaps I think more than they might have when I was coming of age. Now, I have to admit, I also had experienced some of what I ended up reviewing in the film. Like some of these stories reflected back on my coming of age and one in particular, and I'm not going to share too much about it, but I think this will help people relate because as you mentioned in the first time you answered my first question, which (laughs) we didn't get on video, you shared that you had this perception that sex trafficking was a problem of the other, like outside people being brought in from another country. And so did I, right? So did I before I watched your film. And so to make this real for people, sex trafficking can look like a lot of the stories of molestation and rape. What happens from within your circle, somebody close to you brings you in to something risky. And in my case, I made a choice to run away when I was all of 13 years old which is too young to be living on the streets. I mean, any age really is not ideal, but because I couldn't see a way to subsist in my home at that point. And I wasn't thinking like an adult, as adult as I thought I was at 13. I was thinking like a 13-year-old and I just wanted out and I wanted some freedom. 
And I perceived that getting out, I would get some of that freedom. I was wrong. (laughs) And the things that I saw over the course of a week, only a week living on the streets are chilling. And so some of what I saw reflected in your film brought me back to my own personal experiences or things that I observed when a woman was waiting out in front on a corner, essentially selling herself like it was pretty obvious that was being done. And also just the the sadness, the sadness of the individuals, the hopelessness, the feeling of this is my only choice, like I don't have another way out, of not seeing another way out because you've been conditioned to think that there isn't. And so I think that there is so much, there's so much told through the stories in this film that helps us, I think, as a community and as an entire people to better understand what drives this morally reprehensible (laughs) issue of pushing young girls who are children into a situation where they are essentially sold over and over again. So I wanted to talk about language use. And this is perhaps not something that I I didn't stuff the ballot box with this, but you see these girls referring to being sold and to being sold over and over again, as opposed to like, I think you have this conception of your sex trafficked. It's like a one-time transaction, (laughs) but that's not the reality for these women. So through this film and outside of it, help people understand how they can get involved and how they can be part of the solution to help, especially young girls when they're going through puberty and starting to confront like all the issues that we see in young girls. How do we help them in particular? And what can we do as men and women to support their journey if they've been in this precarious position and are now trying to rebuild their lives? First of all, thank you for sharing your story. And I know it can relate to a lot of people who have experienced tough times at home. As a kid, you go through so many different emotions and sometimes the only way out is to run away and to seek other somewhere else to be where instead of there where you're at. And that's where a lot of you guys come in at home and being mentors to your family, other family members, whether it be a cousin or sister or even your neighbor, or coming to the community, being available for the youth and being a person that they could come to if they need help and knowing the resources that are out there for like kids who are being abused at home or homeless kids or when also just helping them get back on their feet if they were out of school for two years for whether it be homelessness, runaway, or being trafficked for some reason, help mentor them, help get them back into school, applying for college, help figuring out housing for once they get to college, or I do that right now too. I mentor other youth and other people who are going through that and I help them with their college applications or stuff like that. But also I'd recommend all of you to use your skills to make a difference. I use my skills in filmmaking, but if you're a yoga teacher, maybe you can volunteer at your local nonprofit and teach yoga to their clients that they serve. Or if college administration, you can help with that or housing or even teaching different skills like fixing a car and stuff like that, that providing internship, job shadows, just seeing a different 
opportunity than what the youth was provided before. And even people who are older who experienced things from when they were children, and a lot of times after seeing the film, realize that they were victimized. So getting the support that you need from a therapist or talking with friends and working on self-care and your own personal healing because it's really tough and horrible what either you've been through or anyone's friend has been through and in order to start the journey of healing you got to take care of yourself and there's a lot of different resources out there i would recommend that if you see a victim who's being trafficked on the streets to First, call 911, file a police report. Generally, they will come out and then also call the National Human Trafficking Hotline, 888-3737-888, and tell them the police report number, and they will make sure to follow up with the police and connect with local nonprofits in the area to try to support that victim and get them to a safe place. There are many police departments that are trained for trauma responses, but some aren't or some might have misconceptions so it's important to follow up with the national human trafficking hotline to make sure that they can send someone there also there's the national runaway safe line 800 runaway and if youth are listening to this or if you know someone who's thinking about running away they could call this number and they won't judge they could help listen to whatever you got to say and like help get you wherever you need to be to be safe and it's 24 seven free. And also if you have a child that's lost and you're trying to find them, definitely call 911, file a missing person report and then call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, 800 the Lost, And they'll put the child's picture up and they'll send it out to all the cell phones and they'll send it out to all the police departments and help keep track of kids. Sadly, if you look at that site, there are thousands of children missing and boys and girls mm -hmm. it's really scary and i hope we can find these kids and give them the safe homes and care that they need this is a question i have and i'm not sure you have the answer and i don't know that anyone really does but when it comes to seeing what you might observe to be sex trafficking because of the fact that sex work is essentially illegal in most spots of the united states how do you kind of identify what's willing versus unwilling and or what age someone is they might appear like an adult and not be well if you suspect that there is a child being exploited i think when you call 911 they'll figure that out <laughs> well speaking of language do not say prostitute because there's no such thing as a child's prostitute that's actually it's a legal term because they're under the age of 18, so they don't have consent. So don't say prostitute, don't say child prostitute. Say you see a child being raped by a man, multiple times being picked up in cards, the police need to get there ASAP. Sometimes if you say prostitution, they might not respond that well because they're used to listening to it. It depends on how trained they are. So if you could change the language and describe what's really happening, you know, I see someone who looks under the age of 18, being given to men cars and kidnapped, raped, and then brought back to the same spot. It looks like there's a man forcing her to do it, who's hiding around the corner. He looks like he has a gun. Just say what you're describing. Don't go and get involved because you could get trafficked yourself. You could get hurt or injured. Work with local nonprofits. And a lot of times they work with the police departments and they have 
planned like events where they go out on the streets and they talk to victims and they give them information secretly and stuff like sometimes they put it in lipstick like the 800 number like lipstick cans or different ways so if you want to get involved in reaching out work with a nonprofit who's trained because you don't want to put your life at risk and you could also be making the situation for the victim worse Well, and Melody, I love how you answered that question because I'm trying to bridge this gap in our understanding because I think often people might just say, oh, it's not my business or, well, yeah, she looks young to me, but maybe she's just a sex worker. And just uh, in front of that, I have problems with too. But the reality is that often the people being exploited are very young for a reason and they're started out that way because they've been groomed for it in one way or another, often by someone close to them and in the stories in your family members. And you hate to think about these things, but the reality that we live within is that not everybody has the same way of thinking or the same opportunities in front of them. And it's like this slow attrition of just accepting what the norm is that you grow up within. And we need to break that cycle. And so I think that means that when we do see something that doesn't look right, that we don't assume and we can just go ahead and report it. And I love the way that you said, yes, we shouldn't be using terms like prostitute. And we should say, it looks like this girl is being forced to do blah, 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 right? She appears to be very young. I'm guessing 12. Like these things are okay. And we should feel like we can have the power to say these things, to stand up for one another and to utilize the resources that are available, whether it be 1-800-RUNAWAY or a direct call to the 911 saying, I see something that's not right. You need to get someone out here now. Exactly. And it could also be other situations. Like once I saw a man walking down the street when I was driving and he had a hole in his pants. He was bleeding and he was just walking in broad daylight. And it looked like something horrific had happened to him. And I called the the police and the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Sometimes people want to look away. And if you can instead try to help in some way where you're not putting yourself in danger, but calling someone that could potentially help that person, I think it's important because it looked like no one was helping him at the time. And he looked like he went through horrific pain. Like on the streets, it's very dangerous. And there are a lot of evil, horrible people out there. And it's just really sadly that they want to really just hurt and cause pain. And it breaks my heart. And so I hope that there are more good people out there like you listeners that can bring more goodness into the world and tell people that we won't accept that treatment of any human being. That's right. Now, I know when I travel in airports now, I'm often seeing in the bathroom stalls resources pasted on the wall for somebody who might be in a situation where they're being trafficked or taken from one area against their will, whether it be specifically for sex traffic or some other kind of traffic. They ultimately are given resources in that way. Now, often individuals in this situation, it's not like they have a cell phone handy. So if you are in this situation Are there any tips or tricks you might have for someone like, hey, ask to use someone's phone? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just like wondering if you've come across recommendations for somebody in the situation that's seeking to get out. Yeah. Asking for someone for help that you need to call the human trafficking hotline. Also asking airport staff. Probably there's someone watching you. 
if you're traveling with someone through an airport. So trying to find discreetly asking for someone in the bathroom for help to get help someone to come in. That's kind of off the top of my head what they could do. I didn't know if there was a broadly known code word or something like that, but then they probably would be afraid to say it. I don't know, but calling that number or asking someone's phone to call that number is, I know that a lot of airline staff are trained. There have been various moments where flight attendants have helped victims of human trafficking that were on the plane and helped catch the bad guys and help get the survivor, you know, to a, a safe place. So just asking for help. There are so many people that care about you and love you and that don't even know you and don't want you to be going through that. And there are a lot of good people in the world and putting it out there that you need help will come. Yes, absolutely. Now, as far as the film is concerned, what do you really hope that people will walk away from the film thinking about? I really hope that people would first, if there are people that are enacting these acts on children or anybody to stop, that's what I hope first is for them to stop doing what they're doing. But I also hope for other people to talk about it, teach your kids about the dangers of trafficking and the different types of abuses that are out there and encourage them to speak up. If they see something wrong, I hope that people kind of change how they treat one another and also in our media, how women are depicted or the language and music is exploited or encouraging people to human traffic other people or being a pimp. They make it so horrified and cool. You wear all this fake fur and have gold jewelry. Everyone loves Snoop Dogg, right? But like... <laughs> They're glamorizing something that is a, basically a slave owner. They're enslaving women and boys and children and having them be raped and making money off of them. And it's horrible. And that shouldn't be something cool for young kids that are nine, 10, seven year olds to be singing about. Oh, we need to listen. All right, it's a great beat, but you gotta listen to the words. And as young people standing up saying, I'm not gonna listen to or watch something that's gonna degrade me or exploit me or exploit other people, that's gonna help change the industry and change what people are singing about. So what more can we do to help stop human trafficking and sex trafficking? I think I can make your step easy. Host the screening of our film, California's Forgotten Children, in your community, in your schools. Have a discussion. Just ignite your community to talk about it. Even if you're in a different state, it's important to start talking about the statistics and what's going on in, in your state and have that conversation, bring in local nonprofits, the police department, get the district attorney involved and invite all your community to come, start ignite that and encourage them to have more events to continue the discussion and also create like a coalition, an anti-trafficking coalition in your community and start working with all the resources that you have, or even if you don't have resources, outreach to other locations like other states, organizations or the big national organizations and ask for help on how you can establish like more funding for safe homes and rehabilitation services and more funding for police training. And one of the things 
our my friend and collaborator Camilla Mohammed did was she created a trauma informed interview room in the police department. So when victims come in, they're not taken to gray concrete room with a metal table and this ugly top light scaring the heck out of them in cuffs. Instead, they're taken to a room with a couch and a table and a fish tank and flowers and some pictures on the wall. And you sit down, have a cup of tea, a nice warm blanket, cuddly bear, and talk to someone, talk to the police department that way. Somebody who's skilled and who won't re-traumatize them. I think that's the key, right? Exactly. Someone who's skilled and won't re-traumatize them and also will make them feel more comfortable being in a safe place rather than in a, you know, feel like a jail cell, like they're being criminalized. So encourage people to create a trauma-informed interview room in their police station. That's the first step. Also, like I said, I really want to get the film into high schools. We have done screenings and it's proven that it can make a difference and help anyone who's going through something difficult that relates in any way to any of the stories, whether it be trafficking, whether it be homelessness, whether it be something else that might be going on, you can help recover the kids and get them the resources they need, but also igniting the next generation of leaders to make a difference, to put in the laws, help put it in the system so that we can have a safer community so no child is forgotten again. I love that. Now, Bridging from that discussion, can you share a moment that happened specifically because the film was screened, perhaps as a result of someone watching it? Oh, it's almost that every screening, someone ends up coming up and I'm hugging and we're hugging and we're both crying because <laughs> they were able to connect with the stories in the film. And those moments have been so powerful and like, it was so hard making this film. It took me five years and listening to the stories over and over again, but causes vicarious trauma. And I was very young when I started the film. I was like 21. <laughs> so I did some training in the nonprofits, but I wasn't a therapist. I was taking in all these traumatic stories. And so it was long and hard journey putting it together. But thankfully, actually speaking with some of the survivor leaders telling about how I was feeling, they're like, you need some self-care. <laughs> like you need to go have a walk in nature, focus on something different, come back because they share their stories or they work with a lot of victims and survivors. And so they were able to give me some advice on how someone who's experienced vicarious trauma to like take care of yourself. So definitely self-care. But I think one of the most beautiful moments that I spent was with one of the survivor leaders from the film T. We had a screening a Montana International Film Festival and they made this huge event. They brought in the FBI and they brought in her to speak and they paid her and they flew us out. So brought like a Native American community against trafficking and also the main Montana human trafficking committee. And they did this amazing screening. But then afterwards they gave us a car and they said, go to Yellowstone. And so we took this road trip together after the event and went to Yellowstone and got to ride in the car, look up in the big, beautiful stars and went horseback riding and went to a farm. And we just had just such a wonderful time. And sometimes this work can be really heavy and being able to be out in nature and have like some positive moments of fun <laughs> of in nature and hiking. That was a wonderful memory. Now, some of the people you featured in this film have gone on to be motivational speakers, even with a TEDx or something along those lines. So I see that you are offering this empowerment path and this message to people who watch the film. Like Your story doesn't have to end this way. 
And that is something that I can personally echo. I mean, yes, I, I lived on the streets for a week. I saw things in that time. I care not to repeat on this podcast. But the reality is that we get exposed to so much when we're in these somewhat unwilling situations. I mean, very unwilling. And in my case, I was somewhat unwilling because I left. I put myself in the situation. I left. I wasn't pulled out. But then once I was out, I'm now like kind of ripe for the picking, so to speak, by people who would predate upon a young girl living on the streets. And so I think we all need to understand that while you may go through trials and tribulations and you may be in unwilling circumstances and victimized and beaten into the ground, that that doesn't have to be your story forever. You can rise from it. You can nature bathe and work through therapy and become something that you have always envisioned you could be. The stories of empowerment that are told throughout your film, I think as hard of a subject as this is, you've achieved something that really shows not only the light at the end of the tunnel, but the power of perseverance and the power of these young women. And I just want to personally thank you for that because it's not by any means an easy task. And you tell me it took you five years. I would imagine it would have taken you much longer than that because you've really done it so beautifully. So again, thank you. Every bit of deserving behind that Emmy. And I hope to see more accolades on your heels. Now, I want to ask you one final question. And that is, if let's say I wanted to have this screened at my local high school, where would I start? <laughs> Perhaps you know that because you've been screened around there. But like if somebody listening here is like, gosh, I really want to do that. How do I go about that? Do I just reach out to the high school and tell them about the film? Is that it? Yeah. Basically, our website has everything you need to get started. So you can go to the school, say, hey, give the school information about human trafficking. You can print out some of our resources, stats, and statistics, because sometimes even the principal might not know about human trafficking. So kind of educate them on the process and say, hey, this is happening. Try to do it maybe on an awareness month, like Human Trafficking Awareness Month, or that's in January, and say, hey, it's Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Did you know that this percentage of kids are being trafficked in our community, in our city? Bring up the statistics. We think it's important to like educate students and teachers about this issue so we can help kids. And 100% the school is going to say yes. And we have different ways for people to do a screening. They could just screen the full film that's 90 minutes and have kids come to like the either they have a theater room or a gym or we make it easy for people to split the film in over three days and have like a whole action week where on day one you bring in like a local nonprofit to come speak or police department and then you screen the film over three days, 30 minutes, and we have a curriculum, I mean, a guidebook that goes with the film, different activities that trauma-informed activities teachers could do or questions to discuss, safety handouts and all the resources. And then on the last day, have the kids do like an action item where they create signs with stats on human trafficking, numbers to call, hang it around the school. I mean, just reaching out to your school saying that you're interested and, and just following up with them like every week, <laughs> we'll get it to happen. Because sometimes there's so that's a way you can do it. And if you need help, feel free to just email us and I we can help give more guidance to that. Yeah. Well, being that I'm in California, I feel like the story would be one that would be important to them. 
So I've got the Santa Cruz County School District, and there's a number of high schools attached to that. So it feels like if I went to one, it would end up in county and potentially you go to Santa Cruz High and then Harbor High and Scotts Valley High, which is right by me and really showing an impact in our local area. And I think in the end, empowering these teens to have knowledge, to identify when something's going wrong and to speak up when it's time. And all of those things I can't think can lead us to have a healthier society overall and one in which we can thrive. I mean, I think that's at the end of the day what we need to be doing. So again, thank you so much for that guidance. The primary website I have for this is mcmfilmmaker.com for you. Did you want to also send them somewhere else? Yeah, so that's my personal website. I would say californiasforgottenchildren.com is the film's website that has all the resources they need. Perfect. So thank you again so much for joining me today, Melanie, just for this important work. And you've personally touched me, brought me back to a few moments in my life and just made me feel like I need to give back more in this particular way. And so if I'm going to put this out there to listeners. If someone in your life has experienced sex trafficking in any way and happens to be in my local area or have interest in telling their story through podcasting or just want a mentor like me, I am opening myself up to that. You can send me an email directly through the website or just send me a note via social channels. I review everything I receive and I would like to be a resource for anyone wanting to get their voice out there too. I have two podcasts and so I'm putting it out there as an open call. I'm happy to help someone get started. Well, I hope that your film is able to touch so many more thousands of people, millions even, and I look forward to seeing which next endeavor you undertake. Is there something we should be aware of on the horizon? Yes. So I'm working on a new documentary about motherhood after breast cancer. I'm following an amazing, resilient super mom that has survived breast cancer and her journey through pregnancy to postpartum. Yeah. She's also a fighter. She's jujitsu and bodybuilder and also a Navy veteran, just an amazing woman. So I'm really excited on this section. Well, this probably won't surprise you as I'm the host of Care More, Be Better, but I was able to pump an additional 1,000 fluid ounces of breast milk in my first pregnancy. And I donated my breast milk to a woman who, well, a woman's child. She died when her child was only two months old so that they got my breast milk. And then another woman who had survived breast cancer and had a pregnancy, but she no longer was able to produce milk. And so she used mine and some other women's from the community to be able to have that same kind of tactile feel of breastfeeding her child, but with not their milk, someone else's milk, including mine. So there's all sorts of resources out there, just even through volunteer moms who want to help out and who are able to produce a surplus like I did because I was a pumping machine given my business travel and I would build up a store in my freezer. So I'll look forward to seeing that too. When it's ready, I'd like you to come on and talk about it. Sounds good. 2025. 2025. That's not too far off, even though it sounds like it. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. To learn more about Melody Miller and her film, California's Forgotten Children, visit californiasforgottenchildren.com. You can also visit her personal site, mcmfilmmaker.com. I'll be sure to include all links to the resources that we discussed, including those 800 numbers with show notes, and you will find complete transcripts and many more tools on caremorebebetter.com.
Now, I also have another episode I want to direct people to. Perhaps you have experienced sexual violence in some way in your past. I interviewed an incredible individual, Tim Musso, on this topic over a year ago, and he has been out there as a survivor and advocate working to build a safer society for all people. And I think you'll find that episode particularly encouraging and provide additional assets and tools for you as well. If you loved today's episode or perhaps hated to love it, please subscribe and leave us a review. This simple act will help us to reach more people so more people discover this show. Thank you listeners and watchers now and always for being a part of this pod and this community because together we really can do so much more. We can even end child sex trafficking and create a safer society for all people. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good.